This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Well, I want you to go ahead and open your Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter number one. The book of Romans, chapter number one. So good to see you in God's house. We've been started a series here called Selfie, and we're just excited about what God's doing through that, where we're taking a look at, at social media. Some of you are completely delivered from that. That's a good thing. Good thing. But uh, we've got a problem. This new thing has brought an old trap into this generation. And we're going to expose that today. How many ready for truth? Say truth with me. Father, I thank you before I read this passage today that it is your word. It is your word that we are after and not mine. Speak to us clearly by those that are here, those that are listening, those that are watching. Father, speak to us clearly that we might all be made into the image of Jesus Christ and hidden sins might be revealed. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans chapter number 1 and verse number 28 reads like this. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, He abandoned them to their foolish thinking. I want you to see that. They thought it foolish to acknowledge God. Interesting. So God didn't leave them, but he allowed them to be turned over to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Help me again this morning. Say that things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness. Now we're going to say this together. Help me with these. Every kind of wickedness there was sin. What a list. Aren't you encouraged by the verse this morning? What a good verse that we get to talk about what fills people's lives. And so many times it's wickedness, sin, and all of these things. We're going to come around to this verse in just a moment, but I want to set those of you that are are with us maybe for the first time in this series, I want to set you up to hear where we are and what we've been talking about. The first week of this selfie series, we talked about the truth, watch this now, that we were not created for earth, but for eternity. We need to get our eyes ahead. Scripture says, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. We have our eyes on the earth around us far too much. Pastor Don, you don't understand. I've, I gotta keep my, my, my finger on, uh, on the pulse of what's happening. I gotta watch the news. Can I tell you, if you wanna watch the news, you're gonna end up being, having the blues. Come on, amen. But the reality is this. We spend too much time trying to control something we cannot control and not enough time investing in something that we should be investing in, and that's eternity. And we realize that the only way that we're going to begin to live in preparation for eternity is that we must have TBH, to be honest, moments. And to be honest, we have to realize that we can no longer judge ourselves 
or our lives by how many likes and followers we have. Because we weren't created for likes. We were created for love. We were created to give love and be loved. We weren't created to draw attention to ourselves, but to give glory to God. Come on now. God made you the way you are. God created you. The Word says He calls you His masterpiece. He created you. We were not created to collect followers. Listen to this. Not created to collect followers, but to follow Christ. It's not follow me. No, it's follow with me or follow me as I follow Christ. This is so important. And then what's brought us up to last week where we realized that much of what we see on social media is not honest at all, but is rather filtered so that we can't see reality. People say to me, Pastor Don, you're coming in for our, our, our conference. What, what picture would you like to use? I say, can you use this picture and can you please take 30 pounds off with Photoshop? Come on, amen. They always chuckle and I go, no, I'm serious. But the reality is too many times other people's false presentations cause us to look at our real-life chaos and we face the danger of becoming ungrateful. We should try filtering everything life throws your way through gratitude. If you could get thankful, you could find victory. Now the verse I've asked you to memorize, and I don't know how many of you do this when I ask you in a series to memorize a verse, but I, I want to challenge you. Mark it down and memorize Galatians chapter 1, verse number 10. Here's what it says. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people. I'm not looking for your likes. I'm not looking for, for people to, to come along and praise who I am. But I'm looking for the approval of God. Because if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Can I tell you something very plain? You cannot effectively serve two masters, Scripture teaches us. You can't serve God and people. Wow. You see, our text today comes from Romans chapter 1. As we come to this message on mousetrap. In Romans chapter 1, we realize that because of undealt with sin, watch that now, undealt with, sin that is rooted very, very deep in our lives. Now watch what the scripture says. This sin is a sin that is of not acknowledging God. Let me translate that into modern day language. Because we live with an ungrateful heart, it gives root to sin in our life. What would a grateful heart in your life change in the response you have to things? What would a grateful heart in your life shift your environment to? If you could become grateful, we go, Pastor Don, you don't understand. I'm having to make bricks with no much. Well, there's an Old Testament reference there. But Pastor Don, you don't understand. They've taken this away and they've taken that away. And I've gone through this. No, you don't understand. We are children bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been washed by His grace. We have a reason to rejoice no matter where we find ourselves. Can I get any kind of real amen for that? Now listen to me. The people, because they lost their gratitude, 
They started thinking wrong. And because they were no longer grateful, they're now thinking wrong. And when you lose your gratitude and you start thinking wrong, it's not going to be long before you are doing wrong. Are you with me? You say, oh, Pastor Don, I'm not that way. Let me just say it this way. You come to the altar. You repent of your sins. He forgives you. Woo! Right? I'm forgiven. Glory to God. I lose the gratitude for what he did. And then I do what? I do it again. How many of you have ever had to repent over the same thing more than once? Twice. A thousand times. Because when we lose our gratitude for what he's done for us, then we mess, we are in danger of going back toward we have to live with a grateful heart. And so the scripture says because they became ungrateful, they ended up watching this, do, thinking wrong, doing wrong. And before long, they were given over to all kinds of things. And the scripture gives us this long list of things they're turned over to. It's a litany of sin that greed, hate, murder, quarreling, deceptions, malicious behavior, or gossip. All right. Woo, some of you just went, Shh, I'm good. Awesome. But let me just tell you what social media has done. Social media does a lot of dangerous things. One of them is it brings people from your past back into your present, and they have no business being in your present because they should have stayed in the past the way you used to be. But the other thing it does is it allows one of the greatest roots of sin to lie in wait behind the veil of our lives. And that sin is one of the ones in this list of, of sins. And it's called, ready for this? In, in all my years of pastoring, I don't think I've ever preached on this passage before today the way that I'm preaching. I never preached on this sin. Ready for this? Envy. Envy. Wow, somebody hollered out in the first service. They said, they said, Pastor, envy, that's coveting. I said, no, coveting means I want what you have. Envy is a feeling of discontent or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. In other words, I don't want what you have. I just want something better. Or at least I deserve what you have. See, I'm not sitting around trying to take away your house. I just want one that's equal to it. Because I'm suffering with the root of envy. Oh, let, let, me, let me just go a little further. You see, when envy's in your life, you will lose gratitude. And gratitude for all God provides us will enable us to overcome the dissatisfaction that comes from envy. So envy causes me to lose my gratitude, but gratitude is what helps me fight envy. You see, envy causes you to resent God's goodness in other people's lives. And to ignore God's goodness in your own. I can't be happy for you because then I gotta go work more so I can catch up to you. Come on now. God's good. Come here, Pastor Danny. Just come here, come here just a second. Oh, don't you love Pastor Danny? Now, when I see Pastor Danny, in this extra small shirt, 
I can get upset about the fact that he is, you, you, you have no clue what this man eats, by the way. Should I tell on you in front of your wife? She knows. It is not uncommon for him to come in with a chocolate milk and those string of donuts. You know, me over there chewing on a piece of celery. Life is not fair. But <laughs> he's sucking it in. Look at him. <laughs> but instead of me living my life saying it's not fair, which is the root of envy, I just pray that his works will catch up with him and he will reap what he sows. Come on now. Amen. That wasn't what I meant to say. But here's the thing. If I stay so focused on the way somebody else lives that I start hating my life, envy has taken root. Pastor Don, come on, preach about, preach about lust, preach about anger, preach about the things that make me feel bad about myself, not the one that drives me. Sin is still sin. You see, when we compare ourselves to others constantly, it brings trouble to our lives. There will be no way to see your blessing because you'll always see the glass is half empty. You see, a grateful heart is the best protection against envy. People who look to God as the source of their happiness have no desire to compare themselves to anyone else. When you start realizing that God loves you and that God's love for you is never going to change, that He is good and His mercy endures forever, that He is with you in the pleasant times and in the painful times, when you stay thankful for who you are in Christ, it gives you the victory over envy. But instead, we get caught in the mousetrap of comparison. We're always comparing ourselves to others. Checking on their status all day long. What are they doing? What do they call that uh, when, when, when you... You keep checking on something. What do they call it? Stalking. Stalker. How about, how about creeping? Can I say this is not in my notes and it should have been on the screen, but watch this. Envy makes you a creep. Come on, that's true. That's true. Envy makes you a creep. And so... We stop enjoying what God has given us and we start longing for what we don't have. But rather, we ought to be thankful for what God has given us instead of creeping on someone else's Instagram, longing for what they aren't even satisfied with. You see, you enjoy what you do have instead of desiring what you don't have. I know that goes against the American mindset, but it's what God's will is for our lives. That wherever I find myself, I'm content. That I stop trying to drive myself to achieve more just so I can show the others around me what I've achieved. So because if I achieve more, I'm better than you. 
I mean, think about that for a minute. There are families that sell themselves into debt. Sell themselves into slavery. Why? Because they're trying to keep up with their brother. Come on now. Their kids have to wear the same clothes or better than the brother's kids' clothes. They have to drive nicer cars. They have to live in nicer houses. Do you know what my strategy has always been about that? Just pray that God moves on my brother and let him buy it for him. In Jesus' name, amen. But not, I can't judge my life against his. You see, through Christ, we can win this battle with constantly comparing ourselves and envying others. Social media should be a place to see what's happening in the lives of others and not a place to size ourselves up against others. Some of you cannot be happy. Everywhere you go, you're judging, you're, you're judging each other. You're judging your family against the other families you're seeing, and you cannot be grateful for where you are. But what's happening you don't realize is every time you judge your spouse by somebody else's spouse, you're releasing poison into that spouse, and they're not going to ever become who you want them to be. What you ought to do is look at them and tell them, you're everything I've ever wanted. And they go, well, really? I can tell you how men work. Really? You're amazing. And he'll be like, oh. And then he'll get up and do more than you'll ever push him with a complaint. It's truth. You see, you've got to learn how to respond when other people around you are blessed. I'll never forget in my life. There was a church not too awful far from here that some of you attended and, 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 and it's about 15 miles from here and when some reason out of the blue somebody didn't even know the church walked in one day and gave them uh, uh, like 20 something thousand dollars. This is several years back. Several years. Probably 20 years ago. Gave them like, like, like several thousand dollars. 20 something thousand dollars. And I immediately thought that church is made of rich people. They don't need that money. They don't need it at all. Lord, why did that person not come here? And do you know what the Lord spoke to me? He said, you should be thankful for what I did in that church. You should be grateful for what I did for that church. And so here's what I did. I went, thank you, Lord, for how you blessed it. That wonderful congregation that already have too much money, but thank you, Jesus. And the Lord said, no, be thankful. And so I literally started practicing over it. I, I bet you I celebrated for them almost as much as their pastor would celebrate. I was like, thank you, Lord, for how you blessed them. Thank you for how you prophesied them. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. I'm teaching you something here that's going to help you live. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And as I started declaring thank you, Lord, I didn't know what I was doing. But I left and flew out to Haiti, and I was in the Varets Burrell region there along the, the uh, coast of Haiti. And, and, and what a powerful service we were having. They were going down to the voodoo temples. We were preaching about the authority of Jesus' name, and they were bringing the most demon possessed people out they could find and they were getting set free and delivered and withered hands were stretching out and God was doing awesome things and then the phone rings and that's back when you only use cell phones in an emergency because it was 449 a minute and the phone rings it's Pastor Gwen I'm like what in the world's going on who's dead or who's about to be and she said 
Pastor, I just thought you needed to know this. She said somebody walked in and gave us the $23,000 check. Somebody we don't even know gave us a $23,000 check, enough to pay the parking lot that we've been praying for. And I said, thank you, God. I got grateful for them. So all of a sudden, God was able to open the doors for me. Amen. And God did some good things. Amen. And I started practicing that. Whenever somebody else would get blessed, I'd be like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I heard about the church over the road here that had somebody walk in and give them $5.4 million. I started going, glory, glory, glory to God. Amen. Why? Because I wanted to respond in a way that said, Lord, I'm not being fake here. I'm doing what your word says according to Romans 12, 15, that to be happy with those who are happy, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice, it says in one translation. When you see somebody else getting blessed, don't step back and say, well, they don't deserve it. They don't need it. What you ought to do is realize that sin and will keep the Holy Spirit from moving in your life. Step up, lift your voice up and declare, Thank you, Lord, for how you blessed them. Thank you for what you've done for them. Amen. I'm preaching truth to you today. And see, we know how to talk about the big sins, but today we're dealing with our sins. Now listen to me. If I realize I have a gratitude deficiency, then I need to grow some gratitude. And how are you going to water your gratitude? Are you ready for this? Worship. Worship waters gratitude. You see, I learned to worship God, not for what I want, but for who He is. Because He is worthy of our praise. We worship God because He is faithful, even when we're not. Isaiah 30, 18. We worship God because He has a plan for our life. And even when I think I've messed it up, Jeremiah 29 11 tells me that He has hope and a future and good things in store for me. We worship God for His Word because every time the devil lies, I hear the promises of God and I stand upon the rock of His Word. And I don't have to wonder what my God wants me to do. When I'm struggling with envy, I know what He wants me to do. He wants me to rejoice with those who've been blessed and to weep with those who are weary. And I worship Him for who He is according to John 20 and 31. I worship God for His unfailing love that exists to a thousand generations according to Psalms 13 and 5. I worship God because he takes us back when we stray. Come on now, amen. In other words, according to Joel 2.13, you can't go so far that the grace of God can't chase you down. Amen. I worship God because he never leaves me, according to Joshua 1 and 5. I worship God because his character, notice this, his character doesn't depend on how I feel. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same God whether I'm in the fire or watching the fire. He's the same God on my good days and my bad days, and he's worthy of all the praise and all the glory and all the honor because he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and I wish somebody would water your gratitude with worship in this house. Amen. And I worship Jesus most of all. Because God, my Father, held not back His Son. 1 Peter 3 and 18. For what wondrous things has He bestowed upon us. So you want to learn to be content? The secret is this. Know who you are in Jesus.
Some of you know who you are in your failures. It's time for you to realize who you are in Jesus. Shake yourselves. What was that when Lazarus came out of the tomb? And I'm not going to dance for you this morning, but when he came out of the tomb, what was that? He said, let the take the, the grave clothes off of him. Some of you have been wearing the wrong things far too long. You are a blood-bought child of the king. And when you don't remember it because somebody else is getting blessed all around you and you say, why did the wicked prosper when I'm suffering? Lift your head up and say that wickedness have a future in store for them that doesn't compare to mine. That one day I shall walk through gates of pearl. I shall stroll down a street of gold. I shall see a great mansion in whose house there is many mansions, but nothing will compare to when I see the one whose eyes are like fire and his voice is like the sound of many waters and I shall fall before him and declare that he is good and his mercy endures forever because I don't deserve to be there, but because of Jesus I get to go there. I get to magnify him and lift him up. I'm trying to tell you how to break free. Worship will release your gratitude. Amen. Come on, give God a praise. Stand with me all over this house. James chapter 3 tells us these truths and what a powerful thing when the Lord speaks to us through the gifts of the Holy Spirit of tongues and interpretation of tongues. James chapter 3 reads like this. If you are wise, some of you just thought that disqualified you from this verse. But you need to be wise. If you are wise and you understand God's ways, listen to this truth here, prove it. Prove it. If you know what God wants you to do in a situation, it says do it. By living an honorable life. Doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. Prove it. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, watch this, don't cover up the truth. Prove it. you got to get honest. Stop lying and boasting. Because that's the two ways you hide who you are. You don't want somebody to know the truth, you'll start bragging or you'll start lying. For jealousy and sinfulness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. They even give place to demons in your life. When you know what God wants you to do and you try to hide it, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Wow. Listen to what it's saying. If you've been driven by the wrong motives, fix it and live by the right ones. I'm going to speak by the Holy Spirit to somebody right now. I believe this goes right along with what's been said. Stop thinking the grass is greener on the other side. There's a reason. There's a reason that, that somebody wants out of that situation. There's a reason that that person strayed in their faithfulness. Listen to me. They're not what you thought they were. They're not who you thought they were of your sins get honest and 
then start serving God. And the root will be cut off. And when the root dies, the whole vine of sin dies. Now I'm going to ask you to be real honest with me with every head bowed and every eye closed. How many of you would say, Pastor Don, I want God to expose any root of envy in my life. I want Him to show it to me. Let me see your hands. Hands all over this place. Father, I thank You for Your grace. I thank You for Your goodness and Your mercy that endure forever. And Father, I ask You now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that You, living God, will set us free. From everyone who needs to have this revealed, God, I thank you that a heart of gratitude is going to begin to shine the light into where we have been in this. And for those who are walking in the sin of envy, I thank you, Lord, they shall be a slave to it no more because as they confess, so shall you forgive. And your mercy shall meet them right where they are. Father, you are good. And we bring you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Would you give God a praise in this place? Amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.